I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. This week, we are diving into a topic that we have actually never talked about here on the Unbreakable You podcast ever before, and that topic is dreams. (laughs) I connected with Dr. Leslie Ellis over on Instagram, and I am so happy that I did. She is a psychotherapist that specializes in dreams, which I just thought was so fascinating. And one thing that I really love about this podcast and our little community that we have over here in podcast land is that we really can explore all of these different topics together and I truly do believe that understanding our dreams and that whole dream world at a deeper level really allows us to become more self-aware which in my opinion allows us to become even more unbreakable. So before we dive into today's show with Dr. Leslie Ellis, I just want to shine a light on how she actually brings up the shadow self in today's episode. So in dreams, you might be faced with some metaphors or some signs of a part of yourself that you are actually kind of suppressing or tucking away because you don't really want to look at it. And that's just kind of a messy definition of what your shadow self is or a version of your shadow self. And I just wanted to highlight that because shadow self work is actually something that I help my ladies do inside back home to you and we're actually starting a brand new group of back home to you tomorrow which is thursday september 10th and i am so excited about it three ladies will be starting this 12-week journey with me that i call back home to you and i'm so so thrilled so i will be starting a new group in October, so about a month from now, we'll get started. And if you would like to be one of these women inside the October group of Back Home to You, I just want to let you know that I am accepting new clients for this group. So to apply or learn more about Back Home to You, which is my 12-week high-touch signature program, you can go to megdoll.com slash back home to you. Or if you already know everything you want to know about back home to you and schedule a discovery call with me, just email me directly at hello 
at megdoll.com. I'll get back to you and we can schedule a discovery call and make sure back home to you is the perfect fit for you. Okay, so today is a longer than usual episode just because Dr. Leslie Ellis and I were having such a fun time talking all about dreams and also I just want to thank you for all of the questions that you sent over to me. We got through almost all of your questions. I tried my best to answer them all in this episode or have Dr. Leslie Ellis answer all of them in this episode. So I hope um, this answers all of your dream questions and you have a much better understanding about dreams after this episode. I know I did. Hey, Dr. Ellis, I am so excited to have you on with me this week to talk all about dreams. I've never talked about dreams here on the Unbreakable You podcast before, so this is such a treat to have you on. Oh, it's a treat to be here. I love talking about dreams. It's my favorite topic, so... Yeah, I'm just as excited to be here. Amazing. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself before we dive into dreams so we can get to know you a little bit better and why you love talking about dreams so much. Sure. Yeah. So I am a psychotherapist. And so I learned about dreams as part of my training in psychotherapy. I studied at a place uh, called Pacifica Graduate Institute. It's one of the, um, I would say, foremost places in North America where they study Jungian psychology. And so dreaming was part of my initial training, which isn't typically the case anymore. I know that, you know, dreaming was, um, when psychotherapy was first invented by Freud and Jung, that dreams were a central part, but now they're not so much. But I feel really lucky that my, my psychotherapy training included a lot of dream work. And so I've been practicing now for more than 20 years. And I would say that over that time, I've become more and more focused on dreaming. And I ask um, my clients who come to me to bring me their dreams. And now I've, for the last, I would say, um, five or six years anyway, I've been teaching other therapists how to work with dreams and I've written a book about that and um, online courses and, and, and all kinds of um, dream-related resources. So I've just been really uh, focusing in on dreams, I would say, in the last couple of years. And uh, part of it is because they're so mysterious and so interesting at the same time. And they're one of those topics that you can't exhaust. You can't ever say for sure where they come from or, you know, they, there's no definitive answers. They're still mysterious, which I, which I, I love. I love, that. And I love. I love my dreams too. I'm lucky in that I have really <laughs> good dreams. That's awesome. So, I mean, I asked my listeners <laughs> this morning if they had any questions about dreams and I was just hit with so many questions. <laughs> so I'm really excited to ask you some of the questions that our listeners have for you. But you did say that you have your 
coaching clients actually like come to you with their dreams. So that would be one of the questions that I have for you, maybe before we even get started is how would I or how would we effectively like journal our dreams? Do you have any recommendations on effectively journaling and keeping track of your dreams? Yes, I do. And um, I have a lot of ideas about how to do that, how to engage with your dream material. I mean, the first thing is, I would say, is when you have a dream, um, write it down right away. And don't assume that you're going to remember it later, because most of the time, even those really vivid dreams seem to kind of slip away or you lose details. And so if you want to track your dreams, um, at, at least at least write down the dream itself and sometimes if, if there's a lot going on it helps to sketch them out too because dreams are um they have a lot of visual content so that's a really good sort of um shorthand way to to kind of describe them and so that part i would do right away just write them down and even if you've got a you know stuff that you have to get to right away in the morning um you can engage with the dream material later but first of all write them down and, and write down all those little details too because those are always kind of important. They seem like insignificant sometimes or bizarre or the strange little things that you have in your dreams. But I would say write down as much as you can, unless you're one of those people that has a whole epic dream every single night and you would have to spend hours writing down your dreams. But then I would be more, uh, um, more you know, I would edit a little bit. But otherwise just, yeah, when you get up right away, write them down and, um, and then if you uh, want to like play with them further as you're writing them down, you could write down the things that come to mind as you, as you write it down. Like, oh, uh, this reminds me of what happened yesterday. Uh, this reminds me of, I mean, we'll have stuff woven in from the past in our dreams. So what occurs to you? You mostly want to follow the emotional current that runs through the dream. That's the most that's a good tip. And I so agree with you. Like there's been so many times in the past where I'll wake up from a dream and I'm like, Ooh, I really want to remember that. I'll remember it and then write about it later, but then you never remember it. It's true. Yeah. They just slip away. They're very, they're very tricky. And, uh, I, I mean, I've had lots of dreams where I think, oh, I've solved all the world's problems and this is, I'm never going to forget this. I wake up in the middle of the night and think, wow, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And all I'll remember in the morning is having had a dream like that, but not anything about it that I can kind of, so even if, you know, in the middle of the night, even if you jot down, if you don't have time to write the whole thing down, even if you jot down like a central image or a few key words, sometimes that's enough to bring it back. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, they just kind of slip away. And that's actually one of the other questions that I received. It's like, why or how are dreams so easily lost when, you know, you wake up and you initially remember it so clearly? And then maybe even a few minutes later, it just starts slipping away. Why is that? Why does that happen? So when we're dreaming, we're in a, a kind of an altered state where parts of our brain, especially the parts of our brain that are responsible for our executive functioning, including the recording of memories, that part of our dream, or part of our brain is actually shut down for the most part. So we, um, we have a lot, lots of dreams, but we have a good uh, 90 minutes or so of dreams 
every night. Um, but we only remember the pieces when sort of we're in the in-between state where we're starting to wake up. So then our, uh, our, our you know, the our memories uh, start to work and start to record things. But we're still in this in-between state, which is why you never remember the whole dream. You always go, oh, there was so much more to it because you experienced it, but but the actual recording device wasn't switched on is basically how it goes. And so um, in this in-between state, you're still not perfect. Like It's like your brain is switching purpose and you're still not perfectly recording it. So unless you do something to um, really solidify it in your mind, it'll still be in this kind of state where it's not that easy to remember. Okay. So, um, and then as you're fully awake, it still might be right there, but unless you do something to, to, to put it into your actual uh, memory and um, store it, it's still going to be in this, in this place where it's just no longer accessible. Okay, that makes a lot of sense for sure. So thank you for answering that. And I had a couple repeat questions. So there was a few questions that just several people sent to me. So one of the most um, asked questions, people want to hear your take on lucid dreams. Well, actually, I was, you know, I was going to mention uh, lucid dreams in the context of the last question, because in lucid dreaming, um, there is, it's a little bit of a different state in that you are, your conscious mind is actually so um, you're dreaming, but you're also partially awake. And those kind of dreams, when you're lucid, you actually can remember them. And um, there's a, 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 I mean, there's so much interest in lucid dreaming and so many practices uh, that it's really um, difficult to summarize. But what I would say is that lucid dreaming is generally just understood as, as, as waking up in your dream and realizing you're dreaming. But, um, you know, and if you do that, if you wake up in your dream, one thing I would say is if you want to have lucid dream, dreams and enjoy them, try not to get too excited when you realize you're dreaming because that will wake you up out of your dream. You'll go, oh, wow, I'm dreaming. And then, and then, and then if you have too much of an emotional charge, then unfortunately it takes you out of your dream. But to try to stay calm and, um, and then you have maybe varying degrees of control. I think people assume that it's an all or nothing but it's actually a continuum so there can be dreams where you're kind of aware that it's a dream but you still really can't do anything different you're just observing but you're able to remember to the full-on lucid dreams where you're fully aware you're dreaming and you can do anything you want and um and that you can just and those kind of dreams are very vivid and very memorable and uh, people work very hard to cultivate that state and so, uh, but there, and there are lots of practices. And I would say for people who are interested in um, learning how or learning these practices that uh, Dr. Claire Johnson has made it her specialty. And so she has this great um, video, it's a 10 minute video on her website that describes all of the techniques for cultivating lucid dreaming because it's, it happens spontaneously. It's not so uncommon for us, you know, uh, I would say at least half of us have lucid dreaming at least once in our lives, but to make it happen regularly isn't that easy. So you have to kind of, there's a lot of practices you can do. One example is, for example, is just to keep doing reality testing during the day. So try to stick your finger through your palm or put the light switch on and off and 
do things that just say, am I dreaming or not? And, and then you'll get used to asking that question while you're dreaming. You'll ask, am I dreaming or not? And you'll go to put your fingers in your palm and it'll go right through and you can go, oh, yeah, this is a dream. And so that's one way. Yeah. And I can give you one other quick idea, which is that if you get to know your dream life, if you have recurrent themes or there's always a certain character that shows up in your dreams, you can kind of see this idea that next time I see this character or next time this happens, I'm going to recognize my dream. Set this intention before you're going to sleep that, you know, this, this regular thing that usually happens in your dream, so if I see this, that's going to be my signal. So those are a couple of ideas. And, and uh, you can look up Claire Johnson if, you, if your readers or your listeners want, want more. For sure. Yeah, those are great tips. And we'll definitely link her up in the show notes for sure, as well as all of your work, obviously. But one other question that I received about lucid dreaming is since you are like aware that you're dreaming, does it actually impact your like quality of sleep or, you know, the quality of rest that you're getting? Yeah, so that is something I just discovered recently, an article, um, which I have, um, haven't read, uh, like I've bookmarked it and just skin, 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 scanned it, but it does actually seem like the quality of your sleep is affected. It's not the same, so it's not good for you to always be lucid dreaming because you're not fully sleeping, so you're not fully resting. I mean, it makes sense, right, if you're, if you're um, the part of your brain that's normally asleep is awake, then and you're really busy with all of that then you're not getting the full rest that you normally would so I guess it is possible to overdo it okay perfect yeah I figured so but I was like I gotta ask you just to confirm yeah so there were so many people commenting about lucid dreams or you know if I'm dreaming and I'm able to kind of make decisions in my dream and change things up, that would be a lucid dream, right? Yeah, that would be a lucid dream. That would be a degree of, so there's degrees of um, two, two kind of major aspects of lucid dreaming. One is the ability to control and the other is the awareness that you're dreaming. And they're, they're, they're actually separate, but I think, um, for example, my dreams, I often have a little bit of control. I can, if something I really don't like uh, something looks like it's going to happen that's really bad. I, I have this ability to go, no, let's 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 make it different, and it will. But I don't always have this awareness that I'm dreaming as I'm doing it. So there are two different things, and, and so you can have lots of control and no awareness, lots of awareness, no control, or both, um, and then degrees of both. So I think that if you think about them that way, most of our dreams have some degree of lucidity, especially as we're waking up and start to Right, right. So while we're on the topic of kind of being aware and maybe consciously or making that decision to wake up, I had one of my listeners suggest a question about or she kind of stated one of her very common experiences with dreams and she'll be dreaming and make that decision to wake up and she knows like, okay, now I want to wake up from this dream 
But then she wakes up into another dream. And she said this goes for several occurrences, like maybe five, six, seven times until she actually does wake up. And she was just wondering what that's all about or if that's common. Um, I've heard of many um, people that will wake up uh, and still be, have the subjective experience of waking up and still be in a dream you know, maybe once, sometimes twice, but I've never met someone who's had it happen in so many layers. And so that's, um, um, I, I think of it also as a form of, of lucidity in a way, because you know you're dreaming, but sometimes um, I think that even though you're dreaming and aware, you're still in a deep sleep. And so you're still, it's, it's sometimes hard to wake up that quickly. And a lot of times these things will feel like they take, they're taking a very long time, but it's only a matter of minutes. And there's a, there is a transition from sleeping to waking. It has to go through some phases. So it would be kind of like, a, I mean, the person you're describing sounds like they're very lucid as they're waking up and trying to wake up. And, and then dreams also shift their, their scenes. You know how you can go from one minute you're in um, uh, uh, your hometown and your childhood house and then the next minute it's morphed into some vacation place or something completely different. And so it's a version of that where, where you're, if your consciousness shifts, the whole scene shifts and you think, I'm awake. But um, uh, I would say um, it, it can be kind of an interesting experience to, uh, and it can also be scary. So I would say if it happens to try not to panic if it feels scary but just to, to realize that you're still dreaming and that this will this is you know you, you will obviously wake up eventually and it's okay it's not um it's not a, it's not a, it's not something to worry about right in this kind of situation it has parallels to sleep paralysis which is something that i've worked with a bit with people who have nightmares and who wake up um without the ability to move at all and it's very frightening that is also really normal and people I don't know if everybody realizes but when we're dreaming our body is paralyzed from from the neck down we can really only move like our eyes and um and we can still have rapid eye movement but our bodies are paralyzed because it protects us from acting out our dreams you know getting up and (laughs) diving off diving out a window or doing what our dreams would maybe have us do so um, but sometimes people will wake up from the dreaming before their um, sleep paralysis mechanism has switched off. So they'll wake up feeling like they've been imprisoned in their own body. They can't move. And it's, it does wear off very quickly. It's only like you know, half a minute or so. But in that time, it can feel very frightening. And people describe feeling presences and weight on the chest and all kinds of variations of that. And it, so it is a, another example of sort of this transition going awry. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. And just while we're on the topic of kind of nightmares or frightening dreams, do you have any techniques or suggestions for our listeners that want to reduce the frequency of their nightmares? Yes, I do. That is actually one of the things that I did my PhD research on was nightmares. And uh, there's a surprisingly effective, simple way to, to, um, to help with your nightmares. And it's called re-scripting. And it's used in um, a number of different 
treatments that have been really shown in research to be really effective. So um, it's it's quite a simple thing. Um, and that is just when you wake up from a nightmare, um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be right then. You can, you can do it right then if you want to, if it will help you go back to sleep or the next day, or it could be, you know, days after a nightmare. Um, and you can do this with any dream. It doesn't have to be the scariest dream you've had, but you just imagine yourself um, at, the, at the ending of the dream. You don't necessarily need to go into all the gory details and scare yourself again, but you just try to be calm and imagine yourself where the dream has left off and carry it forward. Just imagine that it's a movie and press play again. And it's good to go into it with a calm, open-minded um, frame of mind so that you don't recreate more frightening scenarios, but ideally it, it has some kind of resolution. And, and then you just imagine the ending that you've created um, before you're going to sleep or a few times in the day. And this simple thing has a really surprising impact on, it, it, it really helps with people that have PTSD, for example, and um, it doesn't work immediately for everybody. It doesn't always, it might take a few tries, but for the people it works for, I know some of the people that were in my study, their nightmares just stop. And a lot of their um, the distress around the nightmares stopped too because they felt like, well, there's something I can do. I feel like I'm not just at the mercy of my dreams. I can go and, 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 and imagine uh, what I want to have happen. Mm -hmm. So you can do that also if you are able to come, become lucid. This is another technique that's been um, you know, tested and, and, and works really well. If you can do it, you wake up within your nightmare and you're lucid. You can change the dream within it. Mm -hmm. and say turn and face the monster and find out that it's not as scary as you thought. Often the, um, the scary images in our dreams are actually not as scary if we are not scared, which sounds sort of odd, but it's true that if we calm down, the, um, it's like if you, even in, in, in waking life, if you say you look at a, an animal and you think that they're vicious because you're kind of really frightened of it, um, if you calm down and feel safe, you might look at that very same animal, the very same picture, and see that it looks friendly. So a lot of what we see is colored by our, our um, emotion and reaction. So um, I found that because I do a lot of work with these nightmares is that I just have this calm way of going through and asking about the things in a matter-of-fact way and telling people that often these gory pictures are metaphors for something. They're not necessarily... Um, you know, something that needs to be taken so literally, uh, and if you can kind of figure out what the dream might be meaning, then something that looks really scary turns out to be something that's really informative. Amazing. So why don't we dive into maybe some of the meanings behind common dreams that people were asking me about? Okay. Awesome. So... The most common question I received were from women asking me, why do I keep dreaming about my ex when I'm totally over my ex? Oh, that's funny. You know, that, um, yeah, that does come up a lot. And I, and, and I know, um, I can think of one human that I worked with who's, who's, who's really well and truly done with her ex and would get so frustrated that he kept showing up in her dreams. And, um, 
what I would say is that it doesn't mean, it certainly doesn't mean that you um, ha still have, want to get back together with them or that you're, that you're um, you know, just harboring some, some feelings that you're not aware of. It's more that um, our dreams really help us sort out unprocessed emotions. And so there's probably some feelings in, in you that aren't resolved that your dream is trying to Really, I can't. I think that dreams have very personal meanings, and so I don't like to generalize because I would also ask something like, "Well, in the dream of your ex, what's going on? Are they angry? Or, or, or are you reconciled? Are you, you know, what 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 are the feelings associated with that? What kind of a person was your ex? Are there some qualities that you want to keep? Are there some things, you know, that so the the actual story of what's happening." Um, might be might help bring some clues to why you know that that person has come back into your dreams. Often, you know, it, it's just unresolved. Yeah. And the 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 story or the plot of the dream will help you know kind of give clues to what's not resolved. And it's it's really not. It doesn't mean that you need to go talk to them or. <laughs> it's also not exactly them. Like if you dream about somebody, it's the dream version of that. So it's yes. your person. It's not. It's not as if they have anything to do with it, really. And so um, I always think, like, if I dream of my sister, that this person in the dream that looks like my sister isn't exactly my sister. Sometimes it's a, my sister plus some other person or my dream sister. And, and that helps to, to kind of separate it from the and look at this um, kind of objectivity and curiosity. That's so true. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so I have a personal question, actually, about the dreams that I have. So I very rarely ever dream about people in like my current life. So I rarely dream about my mom. I rarely dream about my dad or my boyfriend and we live together. Um, I have a dog. I like never dream about her or my best friends, like people that I'm constantly surrounded by. Instead, I either dream about people that I've never met, like celebrities and stuff like that, and we're like best friends in my dream or we're dating in my dream. And I also dream pretty much like 95% of the time my dreams are about my childhood best friends that I don't have any communication with anymore. So what would you kind of... Um, say to me with those types of dreams so again i like to work with particular dreams but i can give you examples of that um uh what one theory about our dream life is that it is um doing a couple things it's regulating our emotional life so when you're stirred up about something right now with the pandemic and like, um, you know, the virus crisis a lot of people are dreaming more and dreaming more intensely because there's this underlying threat and there's a lot of unknown and disruption. So we'll be dreaming more just to, to kind of metabolize those feelings. And so um, the, the, and one of the people I really respect who studied dreams for his lifetime said that dream images are emotional metaphors. So they're a metaphor for the emotion that we're sorting through and and that we will take those um, memories from the day that we're 
important. They got a they got a rise out of us, and we'll spread them across our own memory system. So all the associations we have from from our history, and it kind of spreads the charge. That's his idea, and nobody knows for sure, but it seems like one plausible way to look at it. So what you're dreaming is doing is taking the things that happened and looking for associations to your past, to, you know, I guess the um, celebrities, people that you've seen or that are in your mind and kind of um, linking them together. So they're, they're, they're kind of like, um, maybe there's something in that particular childhood scene that had something to do with what happened that you're sorting through. And it's like, this is like this and kind of put them together. Uh, and celebrities as well. What I usually ask people who dream about somebody famous or somebody from high school or somebody that they haven't seen for a while is just I'll ask, what's the what is the most uh, interesting or um, you know, telling thing about that person? If you had to tell me about that person in a couple of lines, what would be the major things that impressed you about them? And that quality that they represent will tell you something. Oh, this person is, you know, really full of themselves, and they're, um, you know, and there's this picture like of of them, you know, when I was in, say, say I was at a dance in high school with this person who's so full of themselves, and there's something in that dream about maybe at that stage in your life, so maybe you did that, you did something in the last little while that feels like it was a little too egotistical, or I mean, I mean that's a simplified way of looking at it, but you just look at that and play with. See what fits for you because there's always going to be people. I've never found um, any dreams I've worked with for, for them to be just completely meaningless. Point to something that, that kind of, kind of Yeah, totally. You're very much inspiring me to actually start journaling my dreams, like right when I wake up, because. I do often dream um, nearly every night or remember my dreams when I wake up, I should say. Um, So I really want to start journaling about them like right when I wake up. Um, Usually my dreams are so pleasant that I'll like lie in bed for a few extra minutes and just kind of like try to relive my dream because it was so good. Um, Okay, so I have another interesting question. This has never happened to me before, but I'm curious um, what you have to say about this. But what does it mean if you're someone else in your dream? Like you're not you, but you're maybe you're a woman in real life and then you're like your dad in your dream. Do you know anything about that? I've seen people's dreams where they're um, an observer in their dream and uh, they're, they're observing their own self, an avatar of their own person doing something and they're not actually in their own bodies. Um, it's more rare to, uh, to actually be another character. Uh, but um, what I tend to do when I'm working with dreams, this is kind of fun, is I actually ask people, in particular if there's some character in the dream seems so mysterious uh, and I don't know what that person's doing in my dream or what that animal's doing in my dream so I'll ask them to imagine that they are that animal, to feel into their subjective experience and see what that tells you because usually there's aspects of ourselves that we don't like to look at that we split off and think oh I would never be like that um, and often they are our shadow they are yeah our shadow self right yeah, yeah. so it could be that 
being something that's there is some aspect of their character that is hurting them, that doesn't really take ownership of, or if they're in their body, are starting to take ownership of. Um, again, it would have to depend so much on then what's that character doing? You're your father in the dream, but what are you doing? Are you happy? Are you angry? Are you, you know, because the, the context is so important. But uh, honestly, that's an unusual Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because I'm always me in my dream. Um, the only thing that I can like slightly relate to, but it's kind of similar to what you were saying before is I might dream to what about what feels like my boyfriend. Like I feel like it's my boyfriend in my dream, but it doesn't look like him. But I'm like, oh, no, that's him in my dream, you know, so it's kind of like my dream boyfriend, but he doesn't really look like my real boyfriend, but you get that feeling that it is, right? Um, but yeah, I've never like been in my dream as someone else before. So I thought that was really interesting. And then this was another really neat question. And I couldn't even imagine this happening because my dreams are always happening in like these different settings. And I really never really know like where I am in my dream. In my dream, it feels familiar, but in real life, I'm like, where the heck was that? Um, but this person said that she dreams different things every night, but every single night her dream is in the exact same setting. Wow, that's great. That would be so she would be able to then use that as a trigger to become the person she wants. So next time I'm in such and such a place, I'm going to recognize what I'm dreaming. But I think that that's unusual. Um, it would make me be very curious about the setting. And I do think that we do have territories that we go back to. Like I definitely recognize places that I've been to in my dreams, not like this person where they're always the same. Um, there's something when I think when dreams repeat or themes repeat and things happen again and again, that there's something that really isn't, um, you know, isn't shifting in real life or needs to. That there's some way that the dream is saying, pay attention to this place, like, but there's something about this place that really is trying. So I would be very curious about the qualities of that place and and, the, and and her feeling in it. Is she feeling like this is just a um, paradise that she loves to return to? Or is it a place where she feels trapped and can't get out of it? Because those kinds of things really can um, color, obviously, the way that you experience your dreams or understand them. And what I find true is that when I, because I do a lot of really play with the dream idea because I'm really immersed in, in, the, in the dream world and try out different scenarios within the dream, um, you know, have the dream characters do, do some, some um, things that you might want, want to have had happen, just kind of play with it a little. I don't treat them as though they're written in stone because I feel like they're not, they're alive and, and uh, can, can be played with. And so what I know is that when the work is having some impact, the dreams themselves will change. So it would be interesting to see with a dream like that, if you start to really inquire into the setting or explore beyond the edges of it, or, you know, um, ask about, you know, really the elements that are always coming back, 
that it might start to shift. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm really happy that you touched on kind of um, if your dreams are reoccurring, because that was another question that we had specifically, like, why do certain dreams just keep happening over and over again? I remember when I was young, I kept having this exact same dream happen over and over again. And as soon as I talked about that I kept having it over and over again. Um, I was really young. Like, I think I might've been five. And my parents told me that like, when I recognize that dream, like maybe try to change what happens in the dream. And then I did, and I never had that dream ever since then. So yeah, it's a lot. I think, you know, even if we bring awareness to our dreams and just talk about them and realize that they are just dreams and we do have that ability to kind of change them, like you were saying, um, that can really change things for us for sure. So um, one of my friends, she recently had a dream about giving birth to a baby girl. And she was like, I've never dreamt about that before. Um, She's not pregnant right now. She's not trying to get pregnant. So she was just curious if you had um, anything to say about that. So yeah, giving birth. I mean, I think one of the ways to see all dreaming, and there are many ways, but one of the ways to see all dreaming is as metaphoric. And as a metaphor, giving birth is, it could mean any sort of new creation. So, it, you know, I would say that, yeah, that dream is probably about something new that's going to arrive in her life. And, um, you know, maybe it's feminine. Maybe that's why it's a girl. And uh, and then all the feelings around it will help the clues to what kind of a creation this could be. And, uh, and the feelings around it, are they joyous? Are they worried? Or, you know, and, and, and to kind of um, play with that. Because that, that usually... You know, birth and death and dreams, again, death, people tend to worry about it. It means someone's about to die, but, you know, it's not really literal either. It means it's something like the ending, you know, that sometimes it'll be that we'll dream of a death and then it's just dreams that we're going to birth. Because sometimes something else begins, and, and so look at the nature of what's been born, the nature of what's dying, and consider it as a metaphor, as one way. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to also touch on recurrent dreams because um, one of the things that I would say about recurrent dreams, and it's very similar to what we discovered, is if you talk about them and resolve what it is that they keep bringing, they will shift and move on. And a recurrent dream is a sign that something's not resolved. Sometimes that something's wrong. And I know that you know I've worked with a lot of um, post-traumatic stress injury people that really severe trauma and then their dream keeps bringing them back to the place where they really experienced um, terrible things and it's as though I think that, the, that their dreaming was just trying to resolve uh, you know, the, the emotions and not able to because they keep waking up because, because they're afraid and so going and talking about those dreams going to where they end and completing them working through the feelings of, of, of that they bring will help um, the dream move forward. And, and they found this even with dreams. I read a study recently where they looked at the dreams of Holocaust survivors and people that were in Auschwitz. And they, even they, had nightmares that stopped repeating. 
started to be more vibrant, started to be in some current things and some nice, you know, nicer uh, elements are, are, you know, so even those dreams the researchers concluded were actually ultimately healing and that you could tell they were healing because the dreams stopped taking them back to the same, 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 same worlds and I started to change and include more of what, you know, bizarre elements and current elements and so you can actually, with recurring dreams, you can tell That's amazing. Yeah. Like, especially with people that really did experience something so traumatic that they could find freedom from those dreams that they were having. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And sometimes it, you know, doesn't happen by themselves. Sometimes, you know, having someone to talk to or it's really, it's really bad talking to someone who's a professional is a good idea because um, what people tend to think, um, and I've studied this a lot, they tend to think that oh, I'm, I'm having these recurrent nightmares, there's nothing I can do, and they're just going to keep happening, and they're kind of um, often reticent to talk about them because it makes, their dreams are really um, graphic, they feel like people are going to judge them, or lots of reasons they don't talk about them, but it's really helpful, like what you did with your recurrent dream when you were a kid, as soon as you talk about it, as soon as you do something with it, it starts to help. It's better than doing nothing, it's better not to tough it out, and there's one thing, you know, even know all you do is write it down and, and, and write another write a continuation that can help and so far what they've seen in all the studies where they're doing various things to try and help with them disturbing dreams is that they don't make things worse they may not they may not instantly solve it but they're not going to hurt you and they probably they have a chance of really helping you so i would say that yeah, anyone listening has disturbing dreams or dreams that bother you to talk tell them they will they will um, move on that's it's amazing what self-awareness and just bringing awareness to something like it's just so healing right and that's what I do with my clients too but just outside of dreams and yeah just having that awareness of self is just so incredibly healing. Um, so I have two personal questions for you. Um, hopefully they'll be a little quick for you, but I mean, tell me whatever I need to hear, but I'm super interested. So every single month before I get my period, either like the night before or two nights before, I have a dream that I'm getting my period. And it's so weird. I'm like, I have this dream and it's not the same dream every time, but in the dream, I get my period. And then I'm like, I know my period's coming. And then the next day or that day it comes. Wow. So what I can tell you um, about that is a couple of things, interesting things, is that um, our, dream, our dreams are really connected to our bodies. Are you know, and, and when we're, especially when we're, um, you know, our, our sort of thinking brain is shut down, which is more uh, abstract and more uh, sort of outer directed. I think it brings us more in touch with the, the, um, the connection we have with our unconscious. And for sure, our unconscious picks up subtle cues in our bodies. So our body has, our body, it would make sense, wouldn't it, that we know that we're about to or we know we're about to, we know we're pregnant maybe before we've got the test or or we know that there's something wrong. A lot of dreams can 
cancer, for example, many stories I've heard people in their dreams where they've had some, uh, you know, metaphor for something really wrong and it's a part of their body and mind, but there really was something wrong. And so I think it's just that our dreams can pick up uh, our bodies cues that are there. If we were, you know, I may be, you know, super aware of our own bodies waking life, maybe we would be able to tell that too. But our dreams are just, if they, it's like our, um, our bodies, our unconscious pick up so much more information than we're consciously aware of. And, and your dreams very conveniently deliver you <laughs> message. Uh, it's not surprising that your body knows it or that your dreams would know it. I, I think it's very interesting that they, that you get this message every, every month. That's really, that's yeah, I know. And I always get super excited when it comes because I'm like, yay, my period's coming. Um, yeah, it's always fun. So I have another question because this has happened to myself. And then I remember a while back because you and I have had this podcast episode scheduled for a while now. And I was telling my dad that I was having like a dream expert on my show. And he was like, make sure you ask her about that dream that I had. So I was a baby and I was sleeping with my parents in their bed. And my dad was dreaming that he was on a golf course and he saw this golf ball coming at him and it hit him in the head. But in real life, I hit him with my baby rattle and it's just like, how was he dreaming that there was a golf ball coming at him and then the rattle hitting him when the golf ball in his dream hit him? Yeah. So there's some things about dreams that are a little bit mysterious, I would say, but I do know, um, you know, I've got a good friend who studies uh, like does sleep medicine and studies these things. And then that if you have a physical sensation, do um, you can incorporate that physical sensation into your dreams and to make sense of it, you know, in whatever way that you dream will. And that time seems to be sort of flexible. So sometimes what feels like an eternity can actually be you know, a very short period of time. So I had a dream like that when I was a teenager. I remember really clearly this one where I, I dreamt that I was falling from the top of the cliff, like just falling way, you know, from way up high. And it, it took forever and I was like, oh, is this, it was even sort of lucid going, oh, is this one of those dreams where I'm gonna die when I hit the bottom, you know, that, that, that idea that you're gonna, <laughs> don't. But, um, but, I, but I did hit the bottom and I actually felt I was falling out of bed. Mm-hmm. It was the same kind of thing where in the dream it felt like uh, several minutes and what actually happened, obviously, take that long images so um but i i mean there's there's also certain mysteries about dreams i i thought you were going to say that you had something shared i have talked to people who've been sleeping beside each other and and have had a, a parallel experiences with their dreams and been able to like yeah and you did this and that and so and there's there's a lot of um really kind of Subtle, 
of some of that is just sort of thinking, oh, you know, read your mind and put yourself away. But and sometimes it seems like dreams have things that that are beyond what you think and recognize. And I don't know what to say about that except that we may be um, one of the one of the dream experts I talked to about this. Um, Bob Foss is his name. Said, well, what happens is that in our when our you know, we're awake, our conscious mind has a very clear set of filters of what we can and cannot perceive. And we really limit our perception to what we believe is possible. And that's very culturally determined and a lot of things. We'll, we'll, we might wait, uh, be born with a sense that anything's possible and slowly narrow it down. But when we're asleep, a lot of those um, preset notions really don't operate and so things that that may not seem possible in our waking life do seem impossible in our dream life or where our perceptions are widened to some degree and to a very large degree in some people so that's one possible way of seeing it um, so maybe he could predict that you were going to hit him with a rattle or maybe it was just that it's all squished it temporarily into uh, what seems longer is actually just happening in a compressed way yeah, I definitely because I've had similar things, you know, when maybe like my hand has gone numb and then it integrates into my dream that like something happened with my hand and then I wake up and my hands numb. I really think it's like a time thing, just like you were saying initially. Um, dreams are just so fascinating and I could keep talking to you forever, but I'm going to ask you the last question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, that is a fascinating question. So the first, the first, my first impulse is to say that, um, I honestly do feel unbreakable. Uh, I have this, um, that I feel like is very, um, very intrinsic part of me, and and um, relating it to dreams, I think about how often in dreams, you know, it, it looks like everything is going to shatter, and yet um, there is this way that you know it never does. It it always seems to, um, for me anyway. I'm I'm an eternal. So I always have this assumption that things are going to work out. And even when things are going very badly, I still find a way to spin it into something um, positive. Like I can have a small example. I can have a certain kind of like I've had a lot of pain in one of my legs and I had a bike crash a few years ago. And um, and the pain is in those places. And I think, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't a bad thing. This means that the injury is working its way out. I will never think of it as a problem. I'm, I'm just, so uh, I think um, a lot of being unbreakable is about being, about the attitude you bring to it and feeling a lot of things can happen to you that are flexible and I that mean that I'm breakable. And that is genuinely how I feel. Genuinely how I feel, but you know, instead of tying it back to dreams, I feel like terrible scenarios that dreams bring, like the, you know, the, the concentration camps survivors, there's a way that those, even those that should be now over these years, and even those um, find their way forward. Um, 
spite of the I love that answer. Thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you? Because the work you do is amazing. And I know you have a lot of resources for everyone, like you said. Yeah, the simplest way to find me is my website. So it's Dr. Leslie Ellis. That's Z-R and then it's L-E-S-L-I-E-W-S.com. And I have a lot of courses for therapists, but I started because so many people have asked me if they so I started putting information about how to work with like some, some stuff I've written about how to work with your nightmares and little um, videos to, to describe if you have nightmares what you can do and then some yeah, lots of resources awesome well I will have all of your links linked up for everyone below and thank you so much for joining us this week Thank you.